This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is so good. Well, this is Healing Sunday. And uh, I think it's good to preach on healing once a month because I want all you guys walking in health. Amen. And of course, you know, um, we want to, you know, the highest bar is divine health. That means that we're not getting sick and, and, um, and you know, we're in this world, but, um, but we're also, uh, you know, the Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places. So even though we're naturally here in this world, we, we have heavenly power, heavenly blessings that we can walk in. Amen. And so we don't have to partake of this world system. So, you know, I, I think about, you know, Jesus came. I guess the, the title of this is Love is the Key to Our Healing. And uh, Jesus came, and when he came um, into this world, and even when he was born, uh, you know, the Bible says that the, the angels rejoice, and, it's, and they, they sang, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And so, so Jesus came to bring peace and goodwill. But, we, but, but in the world that he came into, it was full of turmoil. It was full of turmoil. We know that, that even uh, Herod found out about Jesus and he, and he killed. A lot of people don't hear this about the Christmas story that all these children got killed because he was trying to kill Christ. So, you know, um, so, so there's turmoil in this world. And so Jesus came into turmoil, but Jesus came to bring peace. And so we can get, you know, we need, a, we need to learn to spit, spend some time with the Lord and to stay in peace. Because I really think, this is in my notes today, but I think it's fear that opens the door for every, every bad thing that can come into our lives. That fear can open that door. And I like what one person said, when fear knocks, faith opens and no one's there. <laughs> and so we got to always constantly be standing against fear. Amen. We got to always constantly. I was listening to uh, this one minister and a lot of things were going on. He would uh, this pastor was Brother Hagen. He was a pastor for 12 years and 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 him and other ministers of that area would get together and they would talk about their problems in their church. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Brother Hagen would never say talk about his problems in his church. And um, and and one of the pastors would say, well, what are we going to do? And Brother Hagin says, why don't we just believe the Bible? <laughs> why don't we just believe the Bible? I mean, we can talk about problems, but why don't we just believe the Bible? Amen. And, and Brother Hagin would never talk about it. And they knew that he had like the worst church in the whole place. You know, he, 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 you know, uh, he, he received the, the church with the most problems, I guess. But uh, by the time he left that church, it was like a bunch of pastors wanted his church. Why? Because he never talked about the problems. He, he just kept speaking the promises. He kept confessing what he's believing over his church to be. And, you know, they had, you know, board members that would get out and would be in a fight out in the, <laughs> in the church lobby. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that was problems. But good thing that our church is walking in love and unity. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad we're not getting in fights with one another. Amen. We're not, you know, there's a lot of churches that are in, in turmoil. And there are people in churches, they're, they're just mad at each other. 
And we got to look at your neighbor and say, walk in love. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's, you know, it's a challenge to walk in love because we all have different opinions about different things. That's right. Amen. And, 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 and your opinion could be a little different than my opinion. And sometimes we get mad because somebody has a different opinion. Amen. Let's agree to, to, to disagree and, and walk in peace. Because I'm going to say this, that, that we need to protect the peace in our lives and not allow turmoil to get us upset, get us angry, get, get us, you know, uh, you know, getting up, you know, fussing and all that. We don't need that. So we just need to make sure that we're protect. You know, some, have you ever heard that saying, protect the anointing? Yes. Have you ever heard that? You need to protect the anointing. Well, when you, when you hear that, it's basically saying protect the peace of God that you have with God and you have with others. In other words, make sure that peace stays intact because if we get out of peace, we're not protecting the anointing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So make sure that peace is ruling and reigning in your hearts. Amen. And no, no matter what's going on out there, make sure peace is ruling and reigning in your hearts. Amen. So, so um, the title of this is, is Love is the Key to Our Healing. And we know that, that um, love is the key. And we know that the Bible says this, that, that lots of people in the end days are going to lose their love. Amen. You know, in other words, people's love will grow cold. And, and, it, and it says that, you know, lawlessness will increase, but not with us. Because we're going to get closer to God. It might be bad out there, but here, I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're going to be more in love with one another, more in love with Father God, more in love with Jesus. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? But, but the love of many, the Bible says, will grow cold, but we need to make sure our love stays intact. Amen. We need to make sure that our love, and that's keeping the peace. In other words, it's not, it's not, it's not worth getting upset. It, sometimes you just got to just blow things off. Let it go. It's just not worth it. it you don't need your peace rocked. Amen. Amen. And I know with a pandemic and with all this stuff that's going on in, our, in, in the world and, the, in, in, and all this stuff going on, it can cause us to lose our peace. Amen. Amen. But stay grounded in God's love. Yes. I like what the Bible says. The Bible actually says that... Um, we have authority. You know, Jesus said, Behold, I have given you power. I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. And remember what, what's the next line? And nothing by any means shall hurt you. Glory to God. Say, I have authority. I have power. So you have power. And you have power to control your attitude. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You have power to control your attitude. Amen. Amen. And so, and so somebody say love, love is the key, key to our healing. And so when Jesus came on, on the scene, uh, I, I like what, you know, and one minister said that he actually preached out, out of, of the book of Isaiah, you know, every time he had a meeting. And, and, and in, in Isaiah, uh, he, he, he preached that, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right, to, to heal the brokenhearted, 
to set at liberty those who are bruised. Amen. And so he he would preach this, that that Jesus came to set the captives free. So so Jesus came into a sin ridden world full of devils attacking people. (laughs) And so he came to set people free. You know, there's devils that will attack people. There's spirits of oppression. Have you ever felt depressed or oppressed or, you know, you wake up and you're in an angry mood. Take authority over it. Don't say, well, I just caught up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, if you're a Christian, there's no wrong side of the bed. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And so you, you need to take authority over what the enemy. You know, I was thinking because there's so much fear out here, there are more suicides you know, in 2020 than, than ever before. In the past three years, it, suicides went up 70%. That's amazing. But see, we got to get rooted and grounded in God's love. And when we're so rooted and grounded in God's love, it doesn't matter what's coming against us. Amen. We're still going to be walking in faith. Amen. And so, and so Jesus came to set the captives free, and that was his message. And that's why everywhere he went, he was either delivering somebody from a demon. Amen. He cast out demons, which, which healed people. And then he, 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 he healed the blind, uh, opened the blind eyes, the deaf ears, healed the leopards. Amen. He, he, did, he did mighty miracles uh, fed thousands of people on a few loaves and, you know, uh, prosperity uh, uh, miracles. And I mean, I'm telling you, he was changing everything. Amen. And so we need to understand that, that God is love. So, so when Jesus was with his disciples and uh, in John 13, 34 and 35, and this was at the end of his, really, uh, of his time with his disciples. He spent about three, maybe three and a half years with his disciples um, and, uh, he says to them, and this is at the end, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this. All will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. So this, this is the key. I mean, uh, a lot of people say, oh, what's the key to discipleship? Loving one another. That's the key. So, so he's saying to the disciples, you know, a new commandment I give you is to love one another. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's the covenant of love. And so we need to be showing love towards each other. Amen. Amen. We need to be, uh, you know, praying for one another, blessing one another, just, be, just, just loving one another, a new commandment. And so, and so this is how the world's going to know that we are Jesus' disciples because of our love. Amen. Remember that old song, they'll know that we're Christians by our love, by our love. Remember that? They should, that's how they should know us. They should know that we're Christians by our love, by our love. Amen? And our love is always displayed in acts of kindness. Amen. Can I say that again? Love is always revealed in acts of kindness, just doing kind things for people. Maybe you're at Starbucks. Buy a cup of coffee for somebody behind you and let them know Jesus loves them. You could change somebody's life. You don't know if that person's about ready to kill themselves. 
You know, you don't know people. You don't know what the enemy's working. Love is always demonstrated in acts of kindness and, and, and words. Amen. And so, and so uh, Matthew 22, 37 and 40, uh, you know, a, uh, a lawyer came to Jesus and said, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. I'm sorry, yeah, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So we see here that, that, that the greatest commandment, um, and this is basically, you know, you have the Ten Commandments. We all know the Ten Commandments, right? But the Ten Commandments can be summed in two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. Amen. Amen. And so we have to get a revelation of that, of loving God. And, and basically the true uh, uh, Littman test in loving God, you know, how, how do you know if somebody loves God? The only way you know it is if they obey God. A love is always demonstrated through obedience to our Heavenly Father. Amen. So, so that's how you can tell if a person loves God is that they obey God. Yes. Say, I'm obedient to God. I'm obedient to God. Amen. And that's, that's the test right there. Are we obeying God? When he tells us to do something, are we doing it? Are we walking in love towards God and the leading of the Holy Spirit? And so, and so love is, is demonstrated through us loving our neighbors. And, and so love is is really, uh, you can boil it down to love is giving and forgiving. Amen. Love is giving out and love is forgiving people. Amen. If you think about that, that's what the gospel is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? So, so for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So, so God gave his greatest gift to us. But not only that, Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So he was, he was forgiving those that were crucifying him. And he was asking the Father to forgive those that were coming against him. When was the last time that you prayed for somebody that hurt you and asked God to forgive them? I know sometimes we, we pray, Lord, I forgive them. But, but have you ever say, Lord, Father God, forgive them. No, you want, you want justice. You, know? <laughs> you, want, you want some justice in this situation. God, uh, uh, let them have it. Let them have it. Hallelujah. They need to be taught. They need a humble. They need to eat some humble pie. Let them have it. You, you, I'll forgive them, Lord, but I know that vengeance is yours. <laughs> are you saying, are you hearing what I'm saying? Vengeance is God. Yeah, it is. And they're going to get theirs. Because yeah. they're going to reap what they sow. Amen. Yeah, but, but pray that God forgives them. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I'm, I'm praying. I, I, pray, I try to pray every day. And, um, you know, I endeavor to do that. And, and in, in, in my prayers, I just started, this is new, everything I'm praying for myself, I'm praying the same thing that I'm praying for myself, for God to do for me, 
I'm praying for you guys too. So I'm saying, so Lord and, and, my, and my spouse and my children, I just add everybody into it. So, every, so, so my, my prayer becomes less selfish. Lord, make me a millionaire, but make everybody in the church a millionaire too. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Why? I try to include everybody. Why? I want you guys blessed. Lord, make me, he- I want divine health. And Lord, include, I include this in the church members too. I want them to have divine health. Right? And it, and it has changed the way I pray. I mean, I include everybody. Everything I'm praying for, you guys get too. And it's a lot of good stuff. You guys are getting a lot of good stuff because I'm praying. I'm praying. You know, I'm praying for anointing and favor. You guys getting that too. Anointing and favor and boldness. Glory to God. And understanding hearts. I'm praying, God, give me an understanding heart because I need one because sometimes I just don't understand. I get, I get like, what's wrong with that person, you know? Have you ever been there? Uh, Lord, give me an understanding heart. What's going on? Maybe there's something wrong with me. I just can't see it. Like my wife says, every time you're yelling at somebody while you're driving at them, you know you do the same thing? I said, I do? Yeah, you do the same thing. I said, oh, okay. All right, maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> Have you, thank God. I, I, and then you, of course, you know, spat, men, you want to say, I have a Holy Spirit. Thank you very much, you know. But we'll continue. The Holy Spirit. But sometimes your spouse can be led by the Holy Spirit to say some things. Amen? Yeah. Glory to God. And so, and so, so what is love? Love is, what is love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Anybody heard that song? Don't hurt me no more. <laughs> I crack up with my own jokes. I just laugh at my own stuff. And uh, that's still a little bit of carnality that's being weeded out of pastor. Amen. I, you know, because I, I lived a lot, like, a lot in the world, and uh, I'm still trying to get some of the world out of me. Baby, don't hurt me. And um, hallelujah. And so, so let's talk about giving here. Um, you know, when I think about giving, uh, and Jesus said, you know, uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then one, one smart Alex says, well, who's your neighbor? You know, to Jesus, who's your neighbor? And so Jesus had to tell them, who's your neighbor? And Jesus said, well, let me tell you the, your, who your, who's your neighbor is. Will you be my neighbor? You know, and uh, who is your neighbor? And he said, well, there was this, this guy that, that, that was traveling, and then he, he was traveling in a remote part of uh, the area in between towns and some bandits came and beat him up, took all that he had and left him half dead. And then Jesus said there was, you know, uh, a Pharisee that saw him and uh, and looked at him and just kept walking by. Walk on by. Right? Is that another song? And uh, and then there was a another person, another religious man came by. Um, I forgot who he was. And, uh, and, he wa- and he walked on the other side, too. He just didn't want to bother with it. Sometimes we just don't want to bother with it. Amen. Sometimes people, you know, you just don't want, you know, you got enough on your plate. You don't need, you don't need to, there, there's, you know, you know, somebody's laying there and you know, and you know CPR and their mouth, you know, spit and hanging out. You don't, you, you know, and they're about half dead. Do you want to give them CPR? Well, a lot of times we don't. We're like, call 911, you know. 
And so, and so really, so Jesus said that this guy, and, and most people would just want to walk on by. But, she, but he said it was this Samaritan. He wasn't the religious guy. See, Jesus, you know, a lot of times we get so religious, you know, we get so re- religiously minded, we're no earthly good. We, you know, uh, we, we get too religious. And really, God's not looking for religious people. He's looking for spiritual people. He's looking for people that's going to walk in love. And we know the good Samaritan, he was called the good Samaritan, that he took the guy and put him on his, on his animal, you know, his donkey or whatever, took him to the inn, and he, and he paid and to, for this guy to be taken care of. It cost him something. So Jesus said, you know, Jesus said that uh, the man, the good Samaritan, uh, he was, he, he's the one that's the good neighbor. And so, and so we have to ask ourselves the question, are we a good neighbor? Are, are we willing to do something good for somebody? Uh, I, I remember that, um, that uh, there was a, a car, I, my neighbor's car was, I don't know what was going on with my neighbor's car. I can't remember exactly what happened, but a police officer was going to give him a ticket. And so I went over there, talked to the police officer and for some reason, the police officer didn't give him the ticket. I said, well, the guy, you know, my neighbor. And I, I helped my neighbor out. And, and he always remembered, you know, he, and he saw the police officer. And I just talked to the police officer. And he didn't get a ticket. And, and like, I'm like, you know, I, I'm like gold standard in my neighbor's eyes now. Every guy, hey, how you doing, pastor? Glory to God. I mean, I, you know, and, uh, and why? Because I would want somebody to do that for me. I would want somebody to take care if some if I was in trouble, I would want somebody to try to bail me out. You know what I'm saying? I would want, I would, in other words, what is that golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? And so remember, I remember I told you one time that that if if ever I got when I, I grew up with with three other brothers, of course John came in real late, 10 years later, but two other brothers, and sometimes we would fight with each other, and then my mom would make us write down a hundred times, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Write it down. (laughs) Mom, write it down, do unto others. And of course, she used to bribe us in church too because, you know, all the kids were in church. She says, every time the pastor says love, I'll give you, and you can write it down. I'm going to give you a nickel for every love. I mean, we were all, we were, we were, I mean, we were better than the congregational members. Us kids were, I write it down, you know. She had the sharpest kids. And what? They didn't know, that, the pastor didn't know that, that we were being bribed, Amen. <laughs> we were being bribed. My, my mom was smart. She, I know how to get my kids, you know, and a nickel, nickel every time he says love. And of course, it's a Methodist church that they to say love about every every three seconds, right? Amen. And so, and so, let's continue with this. Uh, and now I'm bribing my mom to laugh at my jokes, and I said I'll pay you later. No, okay, my mom's right here. And uh, we'll continue. And then, and so, love is giving and forgiving and so and so you know the story of of jesus he was there he was ministering and all of a sudden uh uh these pharisees came and they threw this woman right in front of him while he was preaching this great message and just totally messed up his whole sermon you know 
and they threw him down and, and they said, Master of Jesus, you know, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And the law says for, for her to be stoned. What do you say? Now, you know, he came, um, you know, they were trying to, they were trying to entrap Jesus. Right? They were trying to get Jesus on the law. They were trying to do everything they can to discredit Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? They were doing whatever they could, so they had the whole thing planned. Well, we know it was planned because we didn't know where the guy was at. Right? It was just like, where was the guy? Why wasn't the guy thrown down there too? So we know it was probably one of the Pharisee buddies, you know? Right? So where was the guy at? That's what I want to know. But we'll, but we'll continue. And so, I mean, that's what Jesus was there. If I was Jesus, I'd, where's the guy? Do we have due process? You know? Hey, Amen. I mean, my God, you know? Um, but, but they caught her in the very act. And so, and so what did he do? Uh, they said, the law says stone. Of course, we know Jesus. He, he sat down. He, he, he didn't, he didn't. See, sometimes we want to try to, when somebody's, saying something to us or trying to challenge us in our faith, sometimes, you know, uh, it puts pressure on us to answer them. Sometimes you don't even have to answer people. Amen. You can just kind of, you just be quiet and walk away, like look at them like, just walk away, Amen. just smile That's right. and walk away. Because sometimes people just want to be argumentative. Amen. People just want to argue. That's right. They just want to get under your skin. Uh-huh. There's just people like that. They enjoy a good drama. So you don't need to participate in dramas in your life. Amen? Amen. And so, so the lady was thrown down. And then Jesus, like he writes on the ground. And some say that he probably was writing down the sins of all these people that were accusing him. Uh, accusing her. And so uh, he gets up and he says, okay, if you're going to try to use the law against me to entrap me, I'm going to use the law back at you. If you're going to try and trap me with the law, let me throw some law at you now. And he said, listen, those, those that have no sin cast the first stone. So he was using the law because he knew that if anybody said that they had no sin, they would be next in line to be stoned. Because they would be saying they're perfect. And they would be saying that they have no sin in their life, that they never sinned. So they would be saying that, really, that they're basically God themselves. And so they would be stoned. So he used the law against them. Amen. And so, and the Bible says from the oldest to the youngest, they started dropping their rocks. They started dropping their stones. Amen. And because sometimes we want to judge people by, you know, their weaknesses but we never want to look at our weaknesses. So we drop the hammer on people on their weaknesses without looking at maybe we have some weaknesses ourselves. And so, what, and so the, the, the currency uh, in our faith walk is love. Faith works by love. And love, the currency of love, is humility. Is being humble. Not always trying to be right. right. Not always trying to prove your point. You don't have to. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we're always trying to prove a point. You may win the battle and lose the war. 
And you say, well, what does that mean? What do you mean I could win the battle? You could win the argument, but you could lose the relationship. Yeah, you could win the argument, but you could destroy the relationship. And what's more important, winning an argument or keeping a relationship going? Well, you say, well, that depends on the, rela- the person. You know? It really depends, Pastor, on the person, because I don't like that person anyway. I don't want a relationship with them anyway. You hear what I'm saying? Depends on the person. No, listen, relationships is key. That is key. When, you, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to think about all the money in your bank account, the car in your driveway. You're going to be thinking about the relationships that you developed over the year, and you want the loved ones around you. You don't want to be on your deathbed and nobody's there, right? Because you won every argument. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Is this making sense this morning? We, you know, in other words, uh, protect the peace. Don't let anything rock your peace. You know, we, um, you and I, our, our refrigerator broke down. And um, I don't know if you heard my refrigerator story. And my refrigerator broke down and, and then our, my refrigerator in, in the, we have two refrigerators. We have a little refrigerator in the garage and that wasn't working either. Yen was able to get that fixed, thank God. And so they broke down, so we ordered a refrigerator, and, um, and the door wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't seal on the right-hand side. And so, man, and I, I discovered this, like, after the people put it in, set it up, took the plastic off of it, said, how does it look? Looks wonderful. They walk out, and this door won't even close right. I'm like, the door won't close right. Found out about 15 minutes later. Call those people back. And, uh, and so we called and we, we, you know, we have 30 days to return it. Always, let, let me give you just, let me give you some advice. Always buy from Lowe's. This is what the guy told me that came to fix my refrigerator. Buy from Lowe's and not from the other guy. I don't want to mention the other guy since I'm online. The other, you know, there's the other one. Uh, because the other one won't, you know, will give you a runaround. They call the manufacturer, they won't return it. But Lowe's will return stuff. So he says, it's a good thing you bought from Lowe's. Well, that was one good thing, okay? And so, um, but he came in and tried to fix it. And then he said, oh, man, the, 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 the thing is warped. I can't fix it. He moved it over. And when he left, it, it was worse. It was, at, least, at least we had it, but he made it worse. But he said, I can't fix it. You got, we have to call the company. So we called Lowe's and, and they replaced it and gave us another door. And, and they, 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 they gave it to us. And Yen said, hey, David, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? She says, the other door's broken on it. I said, what? Yeah, the, the freezer side is broken. I said, my, what? I said, it must be because I didn't pay my tithes last month. I went, my God. <laughs> I, I was putting it on a credit card and running and, and just paying the credit card the minimum. And I'm like, i got to pay all my tithes back, you know. I'm learning some lessons here. But anyway. And she said, it's broken. I said, what? Yeah, it's the left door. It's not, it, every time you close the right door, it pops open. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So now we got to call and we got to get another one back. But that gives me an opportunity because every time these guys come in to remove them and put them back in, it's always two sets of people. I minister to them. So it just gives me more opportunities to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Make it a win. And then Yin opened the door and everything's all frosted. And he said, oh, we really got to get this. It was this morning. And I was like, hallelujah. Glory to God. I keep thinking we're not in a perfect world. I keep thinking we're not in heaven. And, and it, 
and every day is like a, have you been waking up lately and it seems like every day is a problem? <laughs> have you ever been experiencing problems? It's like modern problems. Like the movie, modern problems. It's like everything seems to be going wrong all the time. But how's your attitude in it? How's your attitude? I just had to replace it, uh, 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 my, my, my um, what is it, my, my heating system. The, the guy fixed it, and he, I thought he fixed it. I, I put down like over $1,000 to get it fixed, and then a month later it went out, and he said, well, that was the wrong thing to do. You need a whole new unit. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. i got to start paying my tithes. The devil's taking it out of me. Amen? And so, my Lord Jesus, thank God that I, we got it, all that money that the government gave me, gone. All towards fixing stuff. Amen. Did anybody get any government money here? Amen. Government bucks. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody get, did everybody get their government money? Yeah. Did you get your government cheese? No, I'll go continue. <laughs> um, so, yeah, good cheese. And, uh, and so the lady caught in the dark. And she, this is so amazing about Jesus. Jesus sees this lady that's laying there. And every, every person that accused her walked away. There was nobody there but Jesus and the disciples. And Jesus was the one that could have, he had the power to stone her. Because Jesus was perfect. Jesus is the son of God. He couldn't exact law. But you know what? Mercy always triumphs. Oh, I'm preaching today over judgments. Mercy is greater than God's judgment. See, God doesn't want to judge anybody. God doesn't want anybody going to hell. God doesn't want anybody suffering in this earth. God doesn't want to judge anybody. Amen? But His justice, He's good, and His goodness has to, He has to have justice in His good. There's got to be justice in Him being good. Because if there's no justice, then he's not really good. Amen? And there's got to be justice in his good. And, and, he, and listen, Jesus going to the cross and, get, and getting uh, murdered on the cross and getting beat with a whip, God's justice was Jesus going to the cross so that we could have God's blessings. God was just. He sent Jesus. Jesus didn't deserve to go on the cross, but Jesus laid down his life willingly so that we could have eternal life. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called a legion of angels. And, and he said, my father would take care of me in a New York second. Of course, that's David's vernacular. Amen. And he could have called 10,000 angels. He, he could have been, but the, this world would have been destroyed. <laughs> but no, no, he loved us too much. Jesus loves you way too much to leave you where you're at. And there might be some things you're going through, but he's bringing some fruit out of it. I'm telling you, you guys are growing in God. You, you know, we don't grow in the easy times. In the easy times, normally we grow more in pride. You were testifying about God's, God's goodness and what he's done for us, but sometimes it can turn into bragging. And we start thinking we're all that. You know, the test is not really in the valley. 
Some say, oh, the biggest test is in the valley. The biggest test. No, no, the biggest test is when you're on top of the mountain. You say, what, what do you mean? Because when you're, listen, when David, when he won all his battles and he was sitting pretty as the king and he was there and he had everything at his beck and call, he had his mighty men taking care of business. He took some time off. And when the kings went out and, and, and he was all satisfied, the devil had Bathsheba bathing. Right? And he was satisfied on top of the mountain. But the devil had his demise in mind. And sometimes the biggest test is not when you're in the valley, because when you're in the valley, you're constantly praying. You've got to have God in the valley. But when you're on top of the mountain, who needs God? You're on top of the mountain. You got, you, the, the, I'm telling you, the scariest thing in, in your life is for people to be patting you on the back and telling you how great you are. That's why God brought yin in my life. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank God. Yin doesn't, yin doesn't blow a lot of smoke up Pastor David's dress. Amen. I mean, she, she's very grounded. I said, how do I look? You look all right. Don't get so cocky. All right. <laughs> she brings me down a couple notches. Sometimes I need a good woman to bring me down. She made, she made me make my own dinner the other night. I said, okay. Hallelujah. I was a ducking. It was late. We came in late. and She, she warned me. So you're going to have to make it yourself. I got to get the kids to bed. I said, all right. It wasn't as good, but I was able to make it. Glory to God. I'm telling you, Pastor David stays humble in his household. Amen? Because I'm always taking the trash out. Take the trash. Okay. Amen. Let's continue. So, so love is giving and forgiving. <laughs> always taking that trash out. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, so, and so healing begins with understanding God's love. We're having a revelation of God's love. And, and so we have to understand this, that, that when we get a revelation of how good God is, it doesn't matter what's coming against us. We know God's going to bring us through it. Yes, amen. It doesn't matter. Some of us has been attacked, you know, this year. Maybe you've been attacked with some physical things. You know, we're not exempt from attacks. It doesn't matter how great a faith you walk in. Right. The devil's going to try and knock on anybody's door. We're not exempt from the things that come against us, but we can't. We, that's when we have to learn to stand in faith and, it's, and, to, and, it's, and to fight against it. See, you don't know how much faith you have until you're being under attack. When you're, under, when you're not under attack, then you can't use your faith. But when you're under attack, you can start using your faith. And I know people been attacked last year with some of this virus going around. Some people got attacked this year, but they're they're still they're running hard now. They're doing good now. They're in church now. Glory to God. The devil couldn't keep them down. Amen. So no matter what the attack might be, know that God is with you, regardless of what's coming on. And I love this. John ten ten says Jesus said it's the thief that comes. To steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life. And so Jesus came to reverse the curse. 
He came to set the captives free. So, so he's doing that even now with us. He's reversing every curse that the enemy's trying to put on our lives. And he's reversing it, and he's bringing us up to the next level. You believe that? And in Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all. Notice it says doing good and healing all. It doesn't say doing good and healing some. Oh, there you go. See, you got to read your Bible. Well, sometimes God heals and sometimes God doesn't. Well, here he says that he, he was healing all. Because if God did, some, if God had good days and bad days, and if it was a bad day in God, for God that day for you, then you wouldn't get healed. No, Jesus went about doing good and healing some or all. All. There was not one person in all the healing scriptures. I believe there was 19 accounts of healing uh, in the four Gospels. 19 accounts. And, and there wasn't one person that did not get healed. So, well, what about my relative that got prayer and they didn't get healed and they died? Well, don't, well, you got to compare that with Jesus. Jesus got everybody healed. Now, some of us, we, we, we need, you know, either the person praying, you know, you know, not, you know or, or the person not believing or, or believing wrong. Or maybe, maybe some people want to go to heaven. We, we, we forget about that. I know I, I heard about a story of this one guy that was in a hospital. He was dying. And the lady kept, you know, praying over him and all that. And then the minister came in and started talking to him and, and, he, and, and found out, well, I really want to go to heaven. She wants me to stay here, but I want to go to heaven. <laughs> Some people might want to go to heaven. Amen. We think everybody wants to hang out here. <laughs> and we say, well, the devil took him out. Sometimes people just want to go. That's right? Amen. So if they want to go, let them go. That's right. Amen. If they want to go, let them go. So sometimes we say, well, you know, see, the devil wanted that. Well, maybe he did win. Maybe the devil didn't win. Maybe some people wanted to go. Maybe they tasted the on the other side. Maybe they got a glimpse of glory. And they said, man, glory is so much better than this place. Right. And they said, I'm going over to the other side. Right. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, 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 so the bottom line is... I really believe this, that when you get a revelation of God's love and you want healing, you're going to get healed. Amen. Seek, knock, and find. Amen? You're going to get it. James 1.17, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, shadow of turning. So, so James here is saying that, that every good gift comes from God. So sickness and disease and poverty is not a good gift. Jesus said, I came that you may have abundant life. So anything coming at our, our way, at that, that's not God prom promoting it. Amen. So it's the devil coming against us. Right. We've got to get a revelation of that. That's right. I remember, I, because sometimes we get to start thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'm like a Job and I have a Job ministry. I preach this all the time. And, and, and God's calling me in a Job's ministry. You know, Job went through a lot of suffering. You know, the, you know, the patience of Job, and maybe that's what God's calling me to do. Well, I always say, well, if he is, get ready to get healed, and get ready to get some double. Amen. Because Job didn't stay sick, and he didn't stay broke. Amen. So how long is that Job ministry supposed to be lasting? All your life? 
No, it's about time for you to get healed and it's time for you to get blessed. It's not supposed to be a perpetual, I'm in a Job's mate. This is my cross to bear, Pastor. This is my cross to bear. I, this is what God has put on. No, God didn't put it on you. God is trying to take it off of you. So, you know, sometimes we don't look at our own selves, and, and sometimes we cause our own issues. Well, I won't go there, but sometimes we're the ones, the man in the mirror, we're, we open the door, amen? So, so we got to get a revelation of God's goodness, and when we get a revelation of God's goodness, um, uh, then, then we can make it through the trial, and we can receive all that. That's the key, because what the devil's trying to do with people that don't know God is they're trying to make God the villain, Look, if, if God was really on this earth, how come there's so much poverty? And how come there's so much turmoil? And how, because God's not running this earth. He's running heaven. That's why he said for us to pray for it to be down here on earth like it is in heaven. It's not, like, it's not, it's not down here on earth like it is in heaven. He said pray that it's going to be like it down here. That's why God invented church. Hopefully it's supposed to be a little bit of heaven down here on earth. Hopefully when we come together, we sense the presence and the power of God and the grace and the anointing of God. And we bring a little bit of heaven down on earth because out there is a little bit of hell. <laughs> Have you noticed lately? It's a little bit of hell out there, but hopefully in church, it's a little bit of heaven. And so we got to get a revelation of that, that God loves us, that he's for us. It doesn't matter who's against us. So when we're in the tests and the trials of life, we got to remember God's love and we got to continue to walk in God's love. And we, we, we can't allow the love because sometimes when you're dealing with pain and issues, it makes you cantankerous. It makes you honorary. Hallelujah. It gets you kind of angry and upset. And we can't allow these things to get, to, to get us to lose our peace. And because when you're losing your peace, what you basically are, if, you're in, if you don't have any peace, what, do you, what are you in? Fear. Right? If you have no peace, you're, you're down, you're depressed, fear. Yes, amen. And when you're operating in fear, then all kinds of bad things can happen because you start talking negative things out of your mouth. Yes. And when you start talking, oh man, I don't know, I don't know this and, and that, and oh, oh, and you start saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then all of a sudden bad things start happening. My next refrigerator is going to be a good one. <laughs> It'll be my second, oh my Lord Jesus, my third refrigerator, I guess. My third refrigerator, hallelujah. Pray, stand in agreement, congregation. Please, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. What is the enemy trying to do, man? He's trying, he's trying to get us to lose our peace. He's trying to get us to throw in the towel. And the devil wants us to quit. He wants us to let go of, of the promises of God. I'm telling you, when we start focusing on God's love, that God loves us, and then when we get a revelation of God's love for us, and we start walking in love towards God and towards others, I'm telling you, we're going to see the blessings of God in our life. And I'm telling you, in forgiveness, you know, if there's people that have hurt you, sometimes sickness is brought on by unforgiveness. Sometimes sickness is brought on by us harboring ill will and bitterness. 
And I'm telling you, if you just let go of some of these things that what people have done, pray for them, not for justice to come into their lives, but pray that God would forgive them. Amen. That God would turn them around. Amen. You, remember, remember the key to Job's uh, turnaround? Remember Job? He, his key was that he needed to pray for his friends. Remember that? And because Job had some hurt feelings because his friends said, his friends were telling Job, you've done something bad because God is really laying it on you, right? And Job kept trying to defend himself. And then finally, God said, pray for your friends because I'm about ready to exact some, some judgment on them. And the Bible says when Job prayed for his friends, he was healed. Not only healed, but he was prospered too. And the Bible said that his end was better than his beginning. I'm going to say this to you today, that maybe you are in a valley today. Maybe you're in a place where, you know, things aren't working like it needs to be working. Maybe the enemy's working against you. But I'm saying you keep walking in love. You keep praying for people. Pray for those that hurt you and despitefully use you. You keep praying and doing good. I'm telling you, God's going to turn around your captivity. The love of God will continue to shine through your lives. And God's blessing will come in no matter what. The devil will won't be able to stop the blessings of God in your life as long as you keep walking in love. Did you receive it today? Say, I'm walking in love and forgiveness. I'm not harboring any ill will or bitterness towards anyone. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you. For your mercies and your goodness this morning. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that your love is so, so awesome. And you are so, your mercy triumphs over judgment. And I thank you for the audience this morning that's here, the, 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 the home folks and those that are watching online. And, and God has something good for all those that are here in this audience and those that are watching online. He loves you so much. He desires to lavish his love upon you. And Maybe you're there. Maybe you're in a valley. Maybe you're dealing with all kinds of issues. Well, God wants to pull you out of those issues. And, and for him to do that, you need to put your trust in him. And to do that is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. And, and I tell you, he will turn your life around. He will turn your Job experience into a victory experience. So say this after me and mean your heart if you're ready to receive Jesus today. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.